and welcome to Soul Talk. This is Leora Mandel with Rabbi David Aaron. Rabbi Aaron, there's something I was recently thinking about. It's so interesting. There's times we can regularly say something and not think about what we're saying. And there's a prayer that I say very regularly. It's an after blessing that would be said after eating certain kinds of food. It's a short blessing, and it's called Berena Fashot in Hebrew. But I'm going to read the translation, and there's something that struck me recently that I'm very curious about and understanding uh, ultimately, we're thanking God for plenty, but within thanking God for the plenty, we're also thanking God for lack, the deficiencies. And it struck me as odd. Why would we be thinking, I understand thanking God for plenty, but why am I thanking God regularly for all that I'm lacking? And I'm going to read the English of the blessing here just for uh, all of us listening to be familiar with it. The English is, blessed are you, Hashem our God, King of the universe, who creates numerous things, with their deficiencies, the Hebrew is v'chesronan, which is chaser means what's lacking. So we're thanking God for plenty, for, but we're also thanking God for deficiencies and what's lacking, for all that you have created with which to maintain the life of every being. Blessed is he the life of the worlds. Baruch ha'olamim. But that piece in that blessing of thanking God for the deficiencies, for what's lacking in my life, I really want to understand that more Um why am I thanking God for deficiencies? What's the mind space I'm supposed to be in understanding why somehow this is also a blessing? Excellent, excellent question. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually going to be surprising, but lack is the essential ingredient for true pleasure in your life. Because what gives us pleasure in our lives is fulfilling a lack. Uh, if somebody is hungry, uh, then they enjoy their food. If they're not hungry, they don't enjoy their food. Uh, you know, uh, when when my children were young and I saw them every single day, I I enjoyed having them around. But now that all my kids are married and I I don't see them every day, so there's times that that we don't see each other, and a month could go by. We we speak on the phone every week, but but a month could go by, and when I see them, the joy is just so much more than when I saw them every day. And so actually the foundation of pleasure is, is really fulfilling a lack. That's how we feel, you know, satiated when I'm thirsty, then I enjoy that, that, that drink. When I'm hot, I really enjoy that air conditioning. When I'm hungry, I really enjoy the food. And so the lack in our lives creates the space for the joy in our lives. Wow. Okay, what you're sharing is very powerful, right to the point in in uh, explaining my question. Um, and it's true, but I don't think I've, and I'm sure many of us have never thought of it that way, that as much as we actually don't want lack in our lives and we complain about lack, but it's very, every single point you're making is spot on that when we have lack, that's how we appreciate what we have without the lack. And I think maybe that's one of the challenges of our generation is that we have so much plenty that when there is something missing, instead of appreciate, I mean, what you're saying is the opposite. When you don't have, you appreciate what you have, but we're coming from a society where we have so much. And when there is a small feeling of lack that we actually struggle and suffer with it. Yeah, but it's not just the word appreciate. I literally take incredible pleasure. Appreciate can sound a little mm -hmm. bit intellectual, like I'm, I'm grateful. I didn't have it. I'm grateful. No, there's a visceral experience of, 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 of pleasure that we get, you know, recently, thank God, thank God, two hostages were rescued. And, you know, and I saw the footage a number of times, I, I repeatedly watched it, of the union of these, of, of, of these hostages with their family. And I, 
some of the joy and the love and the hugs were so strong and so powerful. And I thought to myself, you know, did they ever feel that kind of love and joy and hug in each other's presence before that much? And of course, nobody wants to be a hostage for four months, but it, 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 it is just kind of ironic how the lack actually is what enhances the plenty hmm. and uh, in, in a very visceral way. And that's really the dynamics of all pleasure is pleasure is overcoming a lack. Wow. So it's, and I think a known human experience that many struggle with that we can't, we often don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. And we're so often trying to counter this, you know, like I think everyone's aware of that. There's so many pleasures in life that when they're gone, you appreciate more that you had had it than you have it. And sometimes I even know myself, I'm trying to be mindful of this won't last forever. Appreciate this time with my children or appreciate a certain moment or trying to be mindful. And unfortunately, the reality is exactly what you're saying is when we have that lack, if it comes back to us, we're blessed to, then we appreciate that pleasure all the more. But, and you know, we don't like experiencing lack. And what you're sharing with us here is that it's actually essential to experience lack to really enjoy the pleasures of our lives. You know, imagine you were rich. Uh, you grew up in a rich home, but not only in a rich home, but the entire community that you grew up in was rich. In fact, the entire city, the entire country. In fact, you've never, ever met anybody poor. And you never experienced poverty. And you never even saw a film about people that are poor. So you have zero a a awareness of poverty, which you actually know you're rich. Hmm. You wouldn't know you're rich. I remember I was uh, sitting with the actor Kirk Douglas. We used to learn Torah together. He would fly me to L.A. every six weeks and we'd learn Torah for a week together every morning. And he, I remember him sharing with me, you know, he lived, he lived, uh, I mean, he lived to 104. Amazing. Um, he's, he's no longer in this world anyways. And so we're in his mansion in Beverly Hills. And he says to me, you know, I gave my children everything, but there's a gift I couldn't give my children that my parents gave me, and that was the gift of poverty. My children don't know what poverty is, but I do. I grew up in a home of 12 members in the family, and sometimes we had one egg, not for each member, for the entire family. We could afford just one egg. We were so poverty-stricken. So when I sit here in my Beverly Hill mansion, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it because I know what it means not to have. And that's what gave me the understanding what it means to have. And so I couldn't give my children the gift of poverty. Mm. Wow. What a perspective. But that is a big question today. I mean, everything you're saying makes total sense to me. And, I, and not just in, a, in an intellectual way, I think from an experiential way that having lack creates a, a, a space for really experiencing having and pleasure of having the challenges were always so resistant to lack because we live in a time of plenty and we wouldn't almost, if a person had an opportunity to give themselves or their children, we don't want to necessarily create lack. But I think in a sense, from what I'm understanding is we're depriving ourselves of true pleasure. The more we're constantly filled up and not having a sense of lack. Well, I'll tell you an amazing story. Uh, when I ran my, my organization Israelite, uh, which did these short-term seminars for 10 days and three weeks. Uh, a woman applied to, to join the program. 
And there was something about this woman that was just radiant. Her energy was incredible. She was an incredibly happy, anchored, together person. And it was so, it was so amazing that I, I said, you know, there's something really radiant and special about you. She says, oh, I can explain why. And so she, she, uh, she, she, was, she had sleeves down to her, uh, to her, her uh, hands. And so she, she lifted up her sleeve a little bit close to her elbow. And she said, look, and I saw the scars just scars all the way going up to her elbow and the other hand too. And she said, and Rabbi, I have scars all over my body. And that's where I got this radiance from. Here's my story. My friend and I were in a car traveling along a foggy road and somehow we hit something and the car went off in the side of the road and, and was rolling over numerous times and uh, I, I shockingly, I was conscious and capable and pulled myself out of the wreck. But then I heard my friend in the wreck and she was trapped in the wreck. So I went back to pull her out and the car exploded and we exploded with the car. Yeah. And I had to go into rehabilitation for a year to learn how to do the most basic things like walking, brushing my teeth, uh, feeding myself, uh, the most fundamental motor skills I was not able to do. So this, this was a lot of work. And all this radiance you see came from all that darkness that I had to experience. What a great person to be able to take that darkness and turn it into so much light. Right. So then I asked myself, well, so would I like to be in a wreck like that? No, I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> but, but we can't appreciate what with you know 2020 hindsight that it's the darkness that sets the stage for the light and it's the lack that creates the space for the fulfillment mm. i mean it's such a different perspective than when we have lack in our life because everyone has some and especially with this blessing where we're actually thanking god for the lack the chaser what's chaser was what's missing what's lacking in our lives and again, it struck me as being so odd, and now it makes a lot more sense. But it's interesting because I feel like so often what we're lacking is what we're praying to God for, asking for. And in a sense, from this blessing and the way you're explaining it, it almost sounds like with the, you know, sometimes we just have the wrong perspective. This lack seems like this is why my life isn't where I want it to be, and I'd be so much better off if I had X, Y, and Z. And what you're, we're understanding here is actually this lack is creating space for me to, you know, if I look at it the right way, I actually can have a lot more pleasure in my life. If there was no lack, there would be no pleasure. So I need to thank God for the lack instead of asking God to, you know, why is praying that it be changed necessarily? Yeah. You know, in, in my experience as an educator, <clears throat> you can kind of tell the people that have to face lack in their lives because they often tend to be more deep, more thoughtful or com uh, com contemplative more questioning and seeking, you know, if I meet somebody and they had a cushy life and everything was easy and everything was full and everything was flowing, they, 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 they often are not people that are seeking answers because they don't really have questions mm -hmm. and answers are only as good as the question. And people don't, if the person doesn't have a question, because they haven't struck, they haven't struggled with some kind of lack, you know, uh, then uh, it, 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 so it's interesting. It's that that lack creates a space for tremendous growth and tremendous yearning and 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 a drive 
to learn more and 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 achieve more and become more hmm. um and so in a strange way the lack is truly a gift and this is such a paradigm shift because as i'm saying personally and i have a feeling many listening will resonate with what you're saying it makes total sense again in my mind and just from life experience at the same time, I think I, I know for myself, I'm going to have to give some thought after our conversation here and thinking about my own life and really have a mind space of shifting the way I think about a lot of different parts of my life, especially the parts where I've had lack. And I've seen that lack as a negative, seen it as a challenge that hasn't been something positive in my life. And I realize that potentially with this paradigm shift, there's so much in my life that if I look at it differently, I can see how that lack has actually been such a blessing and brought certain aspects of my life, brought me to certain places and an appreciation and pleasure in my life. Again, the way you're, I have to give this some deeper thought in a personal way that wouldn't have happened had all those deficient, what seems like deficiencies to me, had they all been fulfilled, so to speak, but it's a real paradigm shift. Right. Well, that's the interesting thing that people don't get. It's delaying gratification is actually what generates even greater gratification. You know, but it's the delay of gratification and I hold off a little bit and I, uh, so I create that space for more and people don't, people don't have that ability. Well, they do have the ability, but often people don't have the, the understanding of the importance of how gratifying it is to actually delay gratification. Hmm. You know, I, I'm wondering, and I don't know, I'm not trying to make a full assessment, but with what you're explaining, you know, there really is this interesting phenomenon of especially in today's Western culture society, let's say America, but a lot of Western cultures, we have so much plenty. And yet there's such a spike in depression and in anxiety and in so many uh, feeling like unrestful in life or just even just dis dissatisfaction with life. And in a certain sense, ironically enough, maybe it's possible that having so much and not having as much lack as historically was was the case for many people, that we're not, maybe that's creating a certain challenge. And ironically enough, what seems like it's a blessing, actually, the, there's a downside to it. There's a price to pay for having so much. Yeah, having, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. My aunt uh, lived in Russia for many years, and that was when they had the Iron Curtain and you couldn't get out of Russia or it was very difficult to get out of Russia. My family worked very, very hard and got my aunt out of Russia and she moved to Toronto. I'm sitting with my aunt and she lived in poverty in Russia. And I and I and I asked her, I said, Auntie, you know what? How was it living in Russia? And she said, Russia wasn't so bad. <laughs> I said, what do you mean Russia wasn't so bad? She said, life in Russia was actually simpler. I said, really? What do you mean by that? She said, you know, let's say here in Canada, Toronto, I go buy a dress. So I go into a store. I say, I want to buy a dress. So they show me one dress, two dresses, 10 dresses, 100 dresses. I go crazy. I look out the window from the store and across the street is another store with another 100 dresses. And I go sugar. <laughs> in Russia, when you go into a store and say, I want a dress, they say, here it is. <laughs> and she said, life was simple. They gave you the dress and there was no other dresses. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, she she really appreciated that how simple life was and, you know, and how not having it all actually gave her more in her life. So then that brings me to a question, because we live in a times where, again, we have so much. Sometimes I think we can focus on uh, the bit we don't have. I feel like a person could and not, you know, these are 
generalized made up numbers, but I can have 90% of my needs fulfilled and 10% not. But if I focus on that 10% and that becomes my focus, I'll feel like I have lack. And someone else can only have 10 or 20% of their needs fulfilled and they can have a lot that is wanting it. But if they focus on the blessings they have, they'll be very happy. So we live in a time though, where I think for the majority of people, there's just so much and we don't have the lack that once existed, which is to a degree, maybe why we're not having the pleasures that people used to experience. So what can we do nowadays when there is so much? And again, I could always focus on what I don't have, but I'm really realizing now is that in a certain sense, some degree of lack is actually a blessing and opportunity makes space for pleasure. So what can we do with the fact that we have so much nowadays? How can we still enjoy those pleasures? You know, I'll tell you, it's a funny thing. My granddaughter, she held up in front of me a glass that was half full with water. And she said, you know, uh, Saba, granddaddy or whatever, uh, you know, some people see, you know, the, the glass half full. Some people see the glass half empty. I see this glass is totally full. It's full of water and air. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and so she saw how the lack was actually part of what was full. And so I think the same thing is... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful that you, you start off this conversation with bracha because bracha blessing is we take a moment to really be mindful of what we have, because when you're not mindful with what you have, you're never going to have enough. Mm. And when you are mindful with what you have, then you will actually take tremendous pleasure in what it is. And you'll, and you'll taste that apple and you'll, and you'll savor the, you know, every bite of the apple uh, but because we're not living mindfully, and I've shared this before, a Jew literally comes from the word Yehudi, lahodot, which means to acknowledge and to thank. Lahodot means those two things. A Yehudi, which is rooted in that word, is derived from that word, is basically a person who is mindful of and grateful to God. And that's what we want to do. We want to live mindfully and gratefully. Hmm. So that really is key. You know, it struck me once, something I actually pray for. I realized I have so many blessings in my life. And if I actually, reason why it struck me is because there was someone else I was aware had a lot of blessings in their life and they weren't appreciating them. And I remember thinking, well, it's such a shame because with all these blessings that they're just focusing on what they don't have instead of what they do have, it's like it's lost on them. They don't even realize the blessings they have. And then I turned it around and I thought, I probably do the same thing. And it made me aware of how much joy in my life I'm missing out on by not being aware of the blessings. And so I actually pray for that. I pray every night, that Hashem, God, please help me recognize and appreciate the blessings I have in my life. But this is exactly the point you're saying is the key. And with these blessings that were built into our lives, if we're saying blessings on every little thing we eat, it's such an opportunity, this mindful opportunity, you're right, to appreciate things. Whereas if I don't take an opportunity to stop and think about the fact that I'm saying a blessing, thanking God for the bounty that I have, it's a blessing that's totally lost on me. And that's a real shame. It's lost pleasure. Look, you know, if, if you go into a restaurant, you see a person eating a beautiful meal, but they're looking at their cell phone. Hmm. And rather than enjoy their, their meal, they are distracting themselves from something else. So we really need to be here in the now and enjoy what is happening now. And I really have to say this conversation is such a powerhouse, a paradigm shift in recognizing, first of all, the deficiencies, the lack we have in our life is actually a true blessing. We just have to see the blessing in it. And with this conversation, it's really a whole mind change in perspective of understanding how there is blessing and lack. And even in that what we, we don't have lack, 
it can be a lack if I'm not mindful of it. So taking time to say blessings, to be mindful of the blessings that we have is really going to be transformative in appreciating all the good that we have, whether the good is coming from a place of lack or from bounty. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.